Craft Beer Radio, episode 121B on August 17th, 2008. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer, the craft brewing industry, and not screwing up. My name is Greg Weiss. <laughs> and I'm Jeff Bear. We uh, had a problem with our last show. 121A, which was a Utah spotlight. We, um, I, I, I'll take full blame on this one. I uh, didn't save the show properly and lost it. I spent hours combing through bits on my hard drive trying to unrecover, trying to recover Temporary files that Adobe Edition might make while recording, but I couldn't find anything. But on the bright side, the listener who sent us... Is that it right there? Ed. Ed from Utah, or at least Ed who sent us Utah beers, um, sent us two of everything so we can redo the show. <laughs> All right, so let's get on let's to get it. On with the nice so thing about was, these Utah shows is, is most of these beers are around 4, 4% alcohol by volume. This is nice, good session show. We just did a DVD show where we had some kind of high alcohol beers, so but nice to get a session stuff in for a while. Yep. So uh, we just did the DVD video show, which is the last piece of content we needed to put out our DVD. So I will be preparing that this week, and things will be in the mail. So everyone who purchased the DVD, the wait is almost over. There's an audio and a video show on there for you. For people who haven't purchased the DVD yet, for $25, you can purchase the DVD. It's more of a donation, and the DVD is a thank you gift. Mm-hmm. Think of us like public radio, right? Um, you enjoy the show. You want to help support the show. Give us $25 once a year, and we'll send you a thank you gift, which is some bonus shows that only DVD listeners get to listen to or watch, since we just did our first uh, video bonus show. That's right. And now the beer that we're doing now is the beer we did in the pre-show last time. So people who subscribe to the extra feeds have already heard this one. But this is the Bohemian Brewery Czech Pilsner Traditional Lager. We're going to give this a, uh, a quick abbreviated review here. Ooh, it smells good. It, I, I just had a Victory Prima Pilsner yesterday when I was making some beer. And this smells a lot like it. You get a lot of um, Pilsner malt in the aroma. So you get a little bit of sulfury, a little bit of... No, corn's not really the right word, but it's this, it's this good, it's a little more sharp than your regular malt smell. It's this, uh, and it's the sulfur, the DMS comes out of the, the Pilsner malt. Right. And then there's some continental hops. I don't know if it's Zotz or Hallertauer or what, but you're getting a good spiciness out of the hops too. Oh, it does. It uses uh, Zotz. Zotz. And it's in a can. These are in Heiskaboot there, so they're only four ingredients. Bohemian Brewery is in Midvale, Utah, 4% alcohol by volume. And uh, they use a long boil, they use a long secondary fermentation, and they use a double decoction. So since I just had a Prima Pills yesterday, it's very clear in my memory. The flavor on this one's not as potent as Prima Pills, but even though it's a little more watery, there's still a lot of the same flavors there. Mm-hmm. So it still tastes like a good Bavarian Pilsner. A Bohemian Pilsner is typically more malty, a little over that graham cracker flavor. Like a uh, Pilsner O'Quell is a Bohemian Pilsner. 
And even though this one says uh, Bohemian Brewery, um, to my palate, I would call this one more of a Bavarian, more German pills. It's got a, you can definitely taste the sauce bitterness in, in the back. It's got that uh, you know nice hoppiness around the middle of your mouth. Slight amount of noble twang. You would expect that on a beer like this. Um, it's good. It's got really nice drinkability to it. It's 5% alcohol by volume, according to beeradvocate.com. And the can says 4. And the can says 4. Maybe that uh, when you get it at the brewery and grill, you can get it at 5%, but in order to can it, they got to put it at 4. Maybe. We did talk about, we were curious, some of these beers are stronger. Like we got the... Um we got a barley one from Uni- Uinta, and we're curious, like, how can you get a strong barley wine in Utah? Because we thought a 10.4% beer in Utah, because I thought they had the, the alcohol cap. And the alcohol cap is only for uh, bars and, and beer stores. Apparently, you can sell that at liquor stores. At liquor stores. And these all have um, pink stickers on them that say, unlawful if removed. And it's like their liquor store licensing mm-hmm. tag. And then there's also the um, the package. Is it called package store? There's private clubs where you can drink stronger beer too, but you have to pay a membership to have the privilege of buying beer from a private club. But if you're visiting, you can get a, like a two week membership for like three bucks. That's all for memory. So hopefully that's all correct. <laughs> Ready to move on to the next beer? Absolutely. That was a Bohemian Pilsner, and I enjoyed it. I thought yeah, I liked uh, it a lot. It was pretty good. This is Uinta's Solstice Kolsch style ale. Who doesn't love a Kolsch? Raise your hands. I dig good Kolsches, so. Best part about this show is uh, I don't remember all the beers all that well. It's <laughs> been a couple weeks, yeah. Uh, the reason we've been off for a couple weeks was, A, we lost 121, because I screwed up. And then shortly after that, um, my dog Guinness, my greyhound, um, he's been having some health problems the last couple months. We thought it was an ACL that he blew out, but it turned out to be bone cancer. And um, two weekends ago, we spent a weekend with the dog, just celebrating the dog. And we weren't going to do a show then, and we put him down. Two weeks ago, Monday, and just we haven't had time. That whole week was basically off the books because I needed some time. Heather needed some time. And uh, we've just been busy the, the past week. But we're doing a show now, so sorry for uh, the <laughs> delay. Yeah, eventually. So here we go. So this is the, like we said, the Uinta. Uinta is in Salt Lake City, Utah. The Uinta Kolsch, their summer solstice ale. The best part about doing this show over, Greg, is we're not calling it Unita for half the show. That's true. Watch some freak of nature. Me, it's actually pronounced Unita <laughs> instead of Uinta. Smells, you know, kind of uh, grapey, kind of vinous, what you want from a Kolsch. Kolsch's are these, you know, lighter beers. This is kind of probably about a four or five or so on the SRM yeah, scale. Yeah, it's a nice golden color. It's an ale, but it's typically cold conditioned or lagered. But it's not a lager species of yeast that brews it. Um, it's from the city of Cologne, Germany, or Köln, if you're a German. Kolsch, Köln. Got to get the 
the relationship there. It's a great summertime ale to drink. It's very refreshing. Typically, it has a bit of green grape or, or vine type flavor or aroma to it. Uh, I think that's from the, some of the sulfur compounds in the malt in the yeast. This one smells pretty clean. There's not a ton of um, of grape grapiness or vineness to it, but there's a little bit there. You can tell it's a, knowing it's a Kolsch. I can tell it's yes, a Kolsch, right. It was a bit there in the flavor, actually less than from what I remember last time. For some reason, maybe it's a bit cold right now. Um, but I mean, last time I remember it being particularly mm-hmm. high on the vinous qualities. Okay, this time it just seems more. Light and refreshing with a slight amount of uh, tannicness you may get from... This is the Solstice Kolsch from Uinta Brewing. You may get from... Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. A, a good Kolsch. So, you know, I remember really enjoying it last time. This time it's not quite as strong, the flavor, to me. Okay. I'm warming it up. I'm getting some more vines from its more grape. It's a great light drinker. Um, lawnmower beer? Absolutely. Um, this would go... You know, I... Typically, we'd pair this with fish or salad or something light. I'm thinking, like... I just took a sip, and I'm thinking, like, top sirloin or something like that for some reason. I'm not sure why I'm jumping the bridge like that, but I'm thinking this would be good with not a super potent steak, but... Try this. Try this one out for size. Honey roasted peanuts. <laughs> you know, I have some upstairs. <laughs> We're not going to insult you guys with that. You don't even want to try that? No. Uh, just, just imagine. Okay. Just use your imagination. Well, there's a little bit left. Maybe we'll do that later on. I think the nuttiness would come through. Uh, the sweetness of the honey roasting would add to a bit of it, and the vineyards would kind of cut through that a bit. Mm-hmm. It would just work really well, I think. So, Summer Solstice Ale from Uinta. 4% alcohol by volume. Kolsch. Anytime you see I mean, I love that Kolsch's are getting more and more popular these days. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's one of those styles that it, it doesn't... Draw, have much of a draw for the new craft beer fan who's looking for flavor and you know all these extremes, right? It, it's a lot like you know those beers your dad and grandpa drank, but when you really tune in, you notice how different they are. So there's that curve that people follow when they're like, "Oh my god, craft beer is different and good." What's the hoppiest beer? And then at a certain point, we hope that a lot of our listeners will get to the point where they're like. Garrett Oliver makes a great example. You don't see chefs out there saying, I made the saltiest soup ever. Right. Hoppiest beer, saltiest soup. It can be the same kind of thing, right? Where it it doesn't necessarily mean it's awesome. And as you get your palate wider and wider, you're to come back to these styles that are very similar to what your grandpa drank, but they're quality examples of Kolsch's and Dortmunders and Bavarian lagers Mm -hmm. and... um, Vienna lagers, I'm sorry, not Bavarian. Vienna lagers, things like that, Oktoberfests. And you'll be able to appreciate these lagers that are similar to what your grandpa drank, but you'll be able to appreciate why. The artistry behind it. The artistry. It's, like, it, it's, you know, it's elevating a uh, traditional dish in a sense. Okay, this next beer is called Wildfire. Wildfire. This is an organic beer. 
Whenever you say that, I, ha- I feel like I have to whisper. Wild wildfire. Afterwards. This is the Four Plus Brewing Company, which is a uh, contract brewer. Uh, Uinta actually makes this beer, but um, they contracted for Wildfire or Four Plus Brewing Company in Salt Lake City. And I believe that the Four Plus, as I remember correctly, stood for well, Reinheit's Kaboot, because Uinta's a Reinheit's Kaboot uh, brewery. Right. Uh, and then the plus was love. That's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, it was four water, malt, hops, and yeast, and love. Right. <laughs> now, this is grapefruit and lots of hops. Yeah. Lots and lots of hops. It's, re- you know, it's nice when you get an extra pale ale or an American pale ale that isn't shy on the hops. That's hoppy smelling, isn't it? This is probably around eight or ten on the SRO scale. Well, no, actually, probably around a six or eight. Uh, it's it's kind of golden. It's got a bit of an amber touch to it. The bottle doesn't report the alcohol on this one. It says four percent here. Yeah, it doesn't the, it doesn't have the um, the liquor store label, so it must be yeah four percent. It's a USDA organic beer for those of you who really are concerned about that kind of nonsense. Lots of citrus in the flavor. I'm getting nonsense. Hey, organic has its place. Organic has its place. I don't believe that it's necessary to be, well, I could... could, Post-sugar. There is a whole, like, I think, uh, forum topic about this. So Mm -hmm. you could go and read our forums about it. But essentially, I find the organic stuff to be a little silly. Anyway, uh, 4.1408 is when it was bottled, so... This is pretty fresh. Nice and grapefruity. I mean, definitely Cascade. I'm trying to think if there's anything other than grapefruit. Try to dig into the flavor a little bit more. Might be some orange. I'm just trying to be a little bit more descriptive than the generic grapefruit, right? Do you get anything else out of the aroma? No, it's 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 pretty true to grapefruit. Yeah. It's more grapefruit <laughs> than most of the times we say grapefruit. Yeah. I mean, it is, yeah, you cut open a grapefruit, this is pretty much what you smell. Uh, and the taste... Oh, the flavor, the, yeah, it's the, nice. The flavor comes along with it, It's too. a light flavor with some good bitterness and some good hoppiness. It doesn't hang around. Actually, the bitterness hangs around, but the malt doesn't. Right. This is a 4% beer. That's a ton it's of a flavor. It's a very flavorful 4% beer. A ton of flavor. It's, a, it's beer. a beer that you could drink a, a, a bunch of. You know, It's very drinkable. It's got a lot of flavor. 4% session beers. Love it. Love it. I love that. It does not taste like a session. It tastes like an IPA. Yeah. Because of the grapefruit, the hoppiness in this beer. A little light just, on the body. And I think that's, you know, that's because of the low alcohol. I brewed a beer yesterday that I wanted to do... An ordinary bitter American style, kind of like Bitter Brewer from Surly, because I liked a bitter brewer so much. So I brewed a beer that its a, its OG is about um, 1042 or something like that. So it should come out about 4%. And I didn't hop it crazy. I went about 40, 38 IBUs, I think I went on it. Uh, I used Columbus and Amarillo, and I uh, used some homegrown Cascades for the aroma. And... I put them in a hop bag, and when I was racking it to the fermenter, I'm like, should I put this hop bag in the primary fermenter? Yeah, I put the hops in it. <laughs> so I put the Cascades in the primary also, and it's fermenting away in the freezer, right? In the fermenting freezer, right behind this wall. 
So you're from when it get cold? It's hot in there, and I wanted to do it right. At, since it's such a light beer, I didn't want any extra esters from the yeast getting too warm, and the room wasn't quite cool enough. So I'm fermenting at 68 degrees, but in a freezer. So Because it was actually last night, I did two beers yesterday, and within four hours they were actively fermenting. I couldn't believe wow. how fast it was. And they were both at 78 degrees from the natural temperature of you know, fermentation. And so I, I quickly threw the, the mild, the, my ordinary bitter, into the, the, the chest freezer for fermenting. The other one I'm doing is a black saison with a limited edition yeast from. You love doing those saisons, don't you? I want to find a saison that hits me. <laughs> and um, this is a, a black saison with carafa and uh, Cara Munich. And a limited edition yeast is only available for a couple months from Y yeast, a French saison yeast. And uh, these all stirred up with your special gadget. I didn't use the sharp plate. No, I didn't finish that till today. Yeah. So. Hmm. This is really nice. I mean, this is like, this is pretty much, you know, Jeff and I don't like getting drunk. This is an IPA for, a session IPA kind of, really, right? Yeah. You get that crazy hop flavor, and you ain't going to get wasted on it. Unless you drink like 10 of them. Well, right. But, you know, this compared to a 7.5% IPA, which is where you typically have to expect the alcohol to get this kind of flavor. Yeah. You're saving 3.5%, you know? This this is ranking pretty high on my list, you know, higher than I remember ranking it before, just because mm-hmm. of that sessionability, of that high intense flavor, intense flavor um, you know, really gives you the hoppiness that, that you know I know people want, and manage to do it while being organic <laughs> and at four percent. Well, that's a great point. You know, there's there's some great organic beers like Yale River makes some really hoppy mm-hmm. organic beers, but most organic beers that we've come across. They cut back on the hops because they're so expensive, right? right? Well, at least I mean the 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 comparison that we make. I don't know if most, but the big one out there is Widmer, and I find that Widmer is really. I don't get much flavor out of them. Well, at Widmer's all. one. Widmer makes an IPA, but there's other organic beers, and we Greg and I had a horrible impression of organic beers. We thought it automatically meant substandard. Because of the initial cost, they couldn't hop it to where it needed to be hopped. And then we found Deal River. In Deal River, every one of their beers, except for like the um, Triple Exaltation, is organic. And they're extra pale ale. Well, this one's called an extra pale ale, too. There's two ways you can interpret extra pale ale it can be extra pale ale, which sounds boring. Right. And there's extra pale ale. Right. Which is. Good. <laughs> and when I saw extra pale ale, I read it the first way, the boring way. Extra pale. Well, that's extra light. That's blah. And then I had the Eel River extra pale ale, and I realized, no, 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 no. These are extra pale ales. Mm-hmm. And this wildfire is the exact same way. This is yeah. definitely an extra pale ale. This, this this may be expensive now because I mean I imagine they use a lot of hops for this in order to get this kind of flavor. At four percent, you know, it's not that hard to get the hop, the bitterness out. Now, the hop flavor is completely different. Um, it's kind of, it's really artistry pulling out the hop flavor like this. It's that love. It's that plus. It's the plus of yeah. the four plus. Ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do another hoppy beer here. This is the Squatters IPA India Pale Ale. 
This is from the Bre- Utah Brewers Co-op in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. Now, this one has a liquor store tag on it, so that means it's more than the 4%. It is 6%, actually. I don't think you can truly brew an IPA at 4%. Kind of against style. <laughs> yeah, probably. We're drinking, by the way, in these Sam Adams glasses. Because they're fun to drink out of. They're fun to drink of. Um, we're pouring small samples this time. And they really don't fit the glass very well. I probably would have been better off with a normal pint glass this time. So they call us an English India Pale Ale. Or at least uh, your advocate is, is mm-hmm. qualifying us as an English IPA. There was a... Oh, where did I re- see that or read that or listen to that? There was a something I was listening to, and I'm drawing a blank about uh, how, you know, we tell the story about the IPA, where, you know, they had to brew a hoppier beer to make it... It's on our website. It's on one of our... India. And, oh, that's where we saw it. And it's not... Actually, a listener posted a link on our discussion forums where the story of the IPA is very likely not true. Where they didn't brew these extra hoppy beers. It was a domestic creation, mm-hmm. not really what they made in India. What they made in India was, a, it's kind of like what Coors does, where they brew the, the beer concentrate in Golden, Colorado, and ship it to Virginia to dilute it down to make you know more beer. They were sending a concentrate that was intended to be diluted to India, and local brewers were diluting the beer. Right. Now, I mean, like, the idea now that... That's, now, that could kind of be somewhat of an IPA, right? Higher alcohol, more bitterness. We were supposed to add water to it. But they don't. And if you drank it raw, it might be kind of IPA. I don't know how it would turn out, though. Maybe, sort of. But, I mean, the point was that things like... things You know, they, they also brought across things like porter, things like, you know, regular milds. They didn't spoil. There was no need... To put in extra hops to mm-hmm. prevent spoilage, so you know the whole idea that IPAs were you know put in there to prevent spoilage is a non-starter. It didn't happen. It might have been the beer concentrate, though. That now I haven't done any historical research, right? I don't actually. I'm trying to figure out like how you would actually go about doing beer research instead of looking in really old libraries. <laughs> um, but maybe it was the case where people there's one or two lunatics out in India who drank the concentrate. And said, that's the bomb right there. And maybe it tasted kind of like an IPA, right? I don't know. Maybe they were come during the shipment and drinking or maybe, or, or, you know, maybe it was just something that was created along with these India companies, these India trading companies, and they decided to, to, to name it in that sense and developed a legend around it. And that happens a lot in society. So what do you think about this Squatters IPA? We haven't talked about it. this beer at all. I love it. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it smells... It's, it's got this malty uh, slash um, fruity aroma, a bit of orange, uh, orange peel. Not quite so much grapefruit as much as orange. Following the, the wildfire, it, it, it seems a bit subdued, right? Because it doesn't have that crazy hop-forward grapefruit... Flavor. But I think it's more it's still, balanced in a sense. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's got uh, a, you know, more malt to back it up. It's got the 6%. It's got a little bit more body to it. Really delicious. It's got a bit, a little bit extra bitterness in, in the back that stays around. But really, it's got this kind of orangey flavor. It's got a lot of malt to back it up. So it's really extremely well balanced. 
Greg has a lot more to say. For some reason, I'm having a hard time putting words to this. I enjoy the flavor. There's a bit of orange. There's some malt. It's a good balance. It's, um, it doesn't taste any stronger than the wildfire, but it's 2% higher. You can kind of tell that it's... Oh, I don't want to say that because the wildfire didn't taste deficient in any way. There's right? just there's a bit it's, more solidness to 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 the mouthfeel. I think it, it's more of a mouthfeel thing. It's just yeah. it's a bit thicker. It's a bit more full. Yeah, I would have to you know put a little footnote there saying that doesn't mean that the wildfire or the Kolsch or the uh, Bohemia was or Bohemia. I'm sorry, it's not Mexican. Um, was cerveza was deficient in any way. It's just, with the 6%, and this is kind of, I feel, I feel hypocritical saying this because we, we talk about the, the merits of low-alcohol beers. This one has a different feel to it. You can tell that there's more oomph in there. Yeah. It really has, there's just some sort of, of smoothness to it that you can't quite get from the other beers. This one really, I mean, the other ones are very drinkable too, but this one just goes down like you... I mean, you know, it doesn't quite have the maltiness that an English style that I would, what I would expect from an English style. It tastes kind of American to me. Maybe an APA, but not super American. No, really? not, su- no, no. not not Pliny the Elder. But I'm thinking more like APA, like maybe like a Stout's APA or something yeah, like here's that. Here's some weird things. Okay, this one won in a gold medal in 2007, the Great American Beer Festival for the English style IPA. Okay, it won a gold medal in 2006, World Beer Cup for. APA? No. English style Pilsner. Oh, yeah, we talked about this in the last show. Like, I think that's a typo. It's got to be, right? Uh, Gold Medal 2004, Great American Beer Festival, English style IPA, uh, Silver Medal 2005, Great American Beer Festival. So, I mean, it's award winning beer. Mm, it tastes less malty and more hoppy than, than I would expect for an English. But. Yes and no, in the sense that I mean the malt is really well balanced here too, with with the hops. Mm-hmm. It's not overly hoppy, which you kind of get from the American. So even though there is a strong hop forward sense to it, there is a good amount of balance. So it's kind of like a mixture, right? And in that sense, it may be not quite prototypical EPA, EIPA, but a good you know mm-hmm. a really nice it version is, of an EIPA. I, you know, to take cues out of the the parts of the Lost Show, I think I made a reference to. I was surprised how Brooklyn's East India Pale Ale was so hoppy when I first had it, because I had the presumption that oh, this is modeled after a historical one. This is not going to be very hoppy. When I had it, I was like, holy cow, it's pretty hoppy. And then I came to a, a realization after doing some research that IPAs are more hoppy than I had learned to expect. Mm-hmm. English IPAs. And this one is probably the same kind of thing where I fell back into the the slouch of English IPAs being this malty thing with some hops and this one's a hoppy thing with some malt, you know, so But I mean like I say it's got a gr- it's got a really good amount of malt, it's got a sizable amount of malt to it. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's still hot forward. Now, here's the funnest beer out of Utah, the Polygamy Porter. Polygamy Porter from the Utah's Brewer Cooperative. Wasatch Beers is the, the beer label for this one. I know there was kind of a... During the Olympics, the Winter Olympics when they were in Utah, there was a... Utah, the Plugin Reporter went on like an advertising blitz and 
a lot of locals were, or the 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 Mormon locals were not so happy about the world seeing their kind of dark roots. <laughs> so this is a 2006 silver medal winner, uh, Brown for Brown Porter, in the North American Brewers Association. Okay. So there's there's two kinds of porter in the style guide. There's robust porter and there's brown porter. And brown porter is kind of what the name says, where it's a mix between a brown ale and a porter. It's not supposed to be super roasty and chocolatey. Heavier and darker than a brown ale. So sort of instead of your robust, your American porter. And, and you would expect that with a 4% alcohol by volume, which is mm-hmm. what this is. Right. Uh, very dark, extremely dark. There's maybe a tiny bit of kind of orange highlights at the bottom. I'm, I'm seeing some... If you turn it the right way, it's it's not as dark as many porters. It's it, there's some brownness in there for sure, some brown, orange, red. A nice caramel aroma. It smells like having two wives, <laughs> or more. <laughs> so it tastes a little bit brown, sugarish almost. Uh, a little bit of oh, yeah. malt. It's got some a nice there. yeah, good. a little bit of chocolate too. It's got an. Nice mouthfeel, not quite velvety. I think it needs more alcohol for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another four percent, and for a porter, that's it's impressive. I mean, it works well. There's lots of good flavor there. It finishes pretty dry, which is nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a bit of a bitterness kind of thing at the end, but like I said, you know, it's kind of a brown sugary flavor. There's some, there's some, uh, you know, chocolate bitterness or coffee bean bitterness, something like that. Works well. Again, a very f- nice, nice flavorful beer, 4%. A lot of, you know, a lot of beers, if you give a brewer a test to brew a porter 4%, I don't think they could all live up to this one. Yeah. No, I think this this may have gone through a lot of iterations to try to get it right. Too. Right. I think, you know, in a sense... Um, kind of scared by the marketing part of the label, right? <laughs> polygamy, Porter, oh, <laughs> let me have a polygamy. Well, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And so they had to brew beers that were 4%, and so they find, figure out a way to brew it. That's a, a great point. You know, you see this all through history all over the world, where there's these limitations by the lawmakers, 4%, or you're taxed on the size of your mash tun like they were in Belgium. They find all these ingenious ways to stretch what they got as far as they can. Either heaping up grain in the center of the mash tun, you kind of cone it up, you know, so you can get away with a smaller mash tun, or you just really work hard at getting the best beer you can at four percent. And I think the wildfire and the plague reporter are two really good examples of that. Absolutely. So our final beer of the night, we're going to go strong because why not, right? Why not? Uinta comes back again. This is the XIV 14th Anniversary Barley Wine at 10.4%. And I remember curiously saying, how the hell did they brew this in Utah <laughs> on the first show, the Lost Show? That smells like a barley wine. It smells like an English-style barley wine. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of malt. Yeah. Yeah, and, and alcohol. A big, strong alcohol comes through on here. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of you know some of the good English style barley wines I've had recently, including Thomas Hardy's Old Ale from like 1989. <laughs> um, just that great, deca- uh, this caramelly, this toffee, mostly toffee, I guess. Uh, malt flavor is just 
oh, so sticky and so sweet. Really smooth. Not a mm-hmm. lot of carbonation. A bit of that uh, a bourbon-y kind of thing at the end. Uh, I'm getting a, a bit of green apple. Tastes like an apple-y flavor in there. Like a, like a Granny Smith apple. Trying to find it, I'm not really picking it out. I'm, I'm getting more of a. It's like on the, almost mossy. It was like on the, the top, about three quarters of the way back on the very top of my tongue. I was getting this, this tart apple flavor. Very reminiscent of Granny Smith. Yeah, I'm getting something more kind of mossy and um, okay. earthy, uh, caramelly. This would go well with pork. A pulled pork sandwich. And this would be very, very delicious. With barbecue or jerk or what? Barbecue? Barbecue. I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing... This would be more like uh, glazed meatloaf. We're thinking along the same lines here. We're thinking... Yeah, I guess barbecue could go that way. I'm just not seeing barbecue. I think the sweet and the... Oh, I don't know. It it contains a nice amount of hops. It really has to, mm-hmm. to balance out the right. the the maltiness of it. So, um, there's a good bit of bitterness in there. A good bit of hoppiness in there. It's that time. All right. It's a ranking time. It's gonna be a tough one. It's ranking time. I think I got it. This is. This is a hard one to judge because I, I actually like these beers better than I thought I did last time when we actually had a show. Well, before you go, I agree. This is a lot better than the last show, which yeah. is great. All right. So my number one beer, because of all of its qualities combined, is going to be the Wildfire. Mm-hmm. I think that the fact that it was really you know supremely hoppy, flavorful, organic... You know, it had everything going for it, and it was still a session beer. It still was a beer, you know, super drinkable that you could drink a whole bunch of, and and you could drink four or five of them and not get blitzed. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's everything you want in, in a great beer, right? So, yeah. you know, put that up on my top of the list. Uh, okay, next thing you're gonna have the Squatters. I think that that was just a really good IPA. I think that uh, you know it, it had more of six percent. But it really did kind of, you know, it, it fit kind of what I want out of an IPA without being overbearing in any one sense or, or another. So, being on squatters, it's number two. Boy, number two, number three, and four are really tough for me because it's between two, and really, I think that. Uh, that probably Polygamy Porter wins out this time. Polygamy Porter is my third. Uh, again, just really you know had some nice flavors to it. Four percent, nice and drinkable. Really well done. Really artistically done. How do you get a porter that's that delicious with all that brown sugar flavor at four percent? They managed to do it. My number four beer is going to be the Solstice, the 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 Kolsch. I think that I probably would have ranked it higher if it was the same as flavorful as it was last time. It just didn't quite hit me the same kind of flavor that it had last time. Although we still are anxious to try it with honey roasted peanuts. Stay tuned for the post show for all that lovely noise <laughs> that goes along with that. 
Uh, my number five. Okay. Um, it, it's tough here, but I, I guess I'm gonna go with the barley wine just because. I mean, it's a barley wine. It's really tasty. It's really nice. It's got lots of good flavors to it. Uh, it'd go great with food. So we're gonna go with that over the Bohemian Brewery Pilsner in a can, which is still very good, very very good. Yeah. So I'm gonna agree with you on the first one, Wildfire. Great package, great hops, low alcohol, no complaints really. I'm gonna put the barley wine second. I enjoyed that a lot, but I'm a sucker for a great English style barley wine where it's a malt bomb, no bitterness. Big sucker for that, so I like that a lot because they're hard to find in the United States. A great English style barley wine. Uh, I think this is a big change from the first show, the Lost Show. Uh, I'm gonna put Polygamy Porter number three. It really hit me well tonight, and I don't think I ranked. I think it was second to last last time in the Lost Show. It just it just goes to show you how things can change on, on you know a daily basis. So true. don't necessarily take our take our judgments as at Full, at full plus value. I mean, you should taste them for yourself too. Number four, a Squatters IPA. Uh, it was good. It just it was kind of more of a bland blend of IPA in general. It, I didn't dig it as much as the rest of these beers. You know, the beers above it. Um, fifth, I'm going to put the Bohemia um, Pilsner. I mentioned, you know, I just had a Prima Pils yesterday. And I saw a lot of similarities to this, and I was able to really appreciate it, even though it was slightly more watery than the the Victory beer. I still enjoyed it a bunch, and and virtually tied with it, but in last place because we don't do ties is the Kolsch. I enjoyed it, but I think I just wanted to give the Pilsner a tip of the hat that you know, so I put the Kolsch underneath it. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you for listening to 121B, the redo show. Right. Hopefully we don't have any more problems since we've had three screw-ups now. Uh, stay tuned for the post-show where I don't think we're going to drink any new beers, but we're going to try some peanuts and some Kolsch. <laughs> See if that goes as well as I think it will. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Show it.